Joe Breibart, Body Conversations, November 1, 2023, Episode B, and the title is Professor Scott Galloway of NYU Stern predicts weight loss drugs like Ozempic would have a greater impact on society than AI. So that's a big title and a big picture. And uh, Professor Galloway was on Bill Maher's show on Friday, almost a week ago. And it, this is a show, if people watch it, where they're uh, not afraid of being controversial. And uh, yet people were amazed to hear this. And this man, um, Scott Galloway, who teaches at NYU Stern School of Business and has formed companies and made a lot of money, so he's not a regular um, salaried professor. And he's a big thinker and a big picture. And of course, I agree with this, but most people will be shocked. Whereas at the same moment, Krispy Kreme sales forecasts um, were such that the stock was downgraded. Apparel companies were going to see going through the roof because people will lose weight. And of course, the first thing they want to do is get a new wardrobe. And that's out of need too, not just wanting to look better. Um, every major food company has been queried about uh, fall off in sales because it's pretty much guaranteed that 25% of your weight will just gradually fall off. And I want to say gradually because unlike these scams, a recent one with Dr. Oz and then Shark Tank, these were both on Instagram and I just don't even know how Meta allows this. Let's take the Shark Tank. So supposedly they have these gummies, these keto gummies, and you'll lose 30 pounds in, um, you know, a few weeks. Well, I mean, nobody would spend billions of dollars to figure out the hormones in the body and the, the stomach and how do you balance this if you could just come up with some gummies and lose all this weight. So this is a, an obvious scam, and I wasn't the only one who made that comment. But then Dr. Oz, I guess by now he's not even considered a doctor, he came up with a new one too. Again, this, this exorbitant claim of, you know, all this weight is gonna drop off you. So I wanna point out that it must have been almost 10 years ago, and I maybe I mentioned this, that there was a woman on TV, it was CBS News being interviewed, and she would talk about how she was hungry after she ate a big meal, and she meant big. I'm probably talking about 70 bite meal. And um, an African-American woman, very fat, and she would say this, that uh, she, she'd finish the meal and she'd still be hungry. Of course, we know this now is about hormones. And then, of course, it was about the drug that was helping her. And people just jump to this conclusion because she's so happy that she's lost 40 pounds. But she's lost them over 20 weeks. And the difference between taking one of these drugs and losing two or three pounds a week is simply that you stay with it. <laughs> I mean, you can take one of these dopey diets that people have tried for 60 years and 
lose two or three pounds, maybe even first week more because it's water weight as we now know, but then you'll quit it. And so you'll only end up with maybe seven pounds of weight loss as opposed to 40. But it's not because you lost 40 pounds overnight and the other one you only lost seven. So, you know, people have got to see through these things and they don't seem to be able to do it because they're still looking before and afters. Now, on the other hand, you do sometimes find uh, a contradiction because there's going to be contradictions, of course. And uh, a successful 80 biter has the app, of course, and the, the plan and contacted me. And I was surprised because most people don't. And so I asked, well, you know, how's it going? And, and why did you do it and whatever? And this person said, I've never done anything like this. I've done other diets, but I mean, I did this in like in a few weeks, I lost 23 pounds. Well, that's a lot. Of course, this is a very big person. I mean, way over 300 pounds. So that sort of changes it. And, you know, you have to understand what size you're starting with and how many times you've dieted and a lot of other things. But then I'm not telling you this just because, wow, you can lose 23 pounds on 80 bites because I think that's unusual for sure. But that um, the person then felt so encouraged, and I'm not going to get about gender, the person felt so encouraged that the person wanted to know just to make sure that there were no mistakes that this person was doing everything right. Having this early success, now we have to perfect it and make sure that everything is right. And this is where I'm going with this podcast because this is a huge fallacy and has been part of everything in terms of dieting and very little in terms of exercise, which really is a flip that shouldn't happen. So, I mean, I mean, we now know, obviously, the 60 years of dieting, these dopey diets and how they throw your body off kilter and ultimately screwed up your hormones and then your apostat, you know, this thing that you were born with that controls how hungry you are and how much you eat and that, you know, somehow, uh, you know, has now malfunctioned and, and it, the reason these um, Ozempic and Wagovi and all these new things are helping it as they figured out how to fix it in the brain because it's all in the brain, right? And then of course the person doesn't have this food noise and feeling hungry all the time and all these obsessions and addictions and on and on and on. And um, that's so calming and positive and so that leads to more positive things, but it shouldn't lead to perfectionism. And I think when you're on the, um, you're taking the injection, which will soon be a pill, and apparently it will be even better, fewer side effects, etc. cetera, um, that it shouldn't then push you into, you know, amping everything up so that you're just about the most perfect person alive, because that's just gonna lead to um, craziness. Now, I, I said before that we took off the tracking on the 80 Bytes app and for many reasons, I, I don't know if I mentioned the story, but a friend of mine said, 
that she was in a restaurant and she watched a man who had on an, I guess an Apple watch, I mean some tracking device, shaking and shaking and shaking his forearm where, and the wrist so that it would register more. <laughs> I mean, people love to delude themselves, I guess, but you know, that kind of behavior is not good, not good. And of course, when you really look back and you talk about counting calories, not that calories don't count, but obviously you can't count, I've never even seen one, but you're eating something, let's say it's, it was pre-portioned and um, it's supposedly, you're eating a meal that's supposedly 450 calories. You know, is, are you taking in every one of those? Maybe some of it stuck to the tin or you know, whatever happened to it or it wasn't perfectly proportioned and then how many are you actually absorbing? So, you know, making all of these um, judgments you know, has, has failed and failed and failed. I mean, I just came up from the gym in my building and I was on the treadmill and I just love to do these things because it's so silly. You know, there's, I'm next to a woman who's, I mean, a third of my age, I'm sure, and she's running and doing uh, some strenuous exercise on this um, machine and it's flat and she's running and maybe it's a, she's put it up to five. I have put the gradient up really high, like 10 or 12 sometimes I go, and I'm walking slowly up it, but who's to say I'm not really using more energy given my body, my age, than she is running on it. So the, all of this measurement stuff and, uh, you know, these numbers that are, you're assaulted with that's on every single box and jar and tin, and you're then manipulating them and measuring them and whatever. So that brings to 80 bytes. Obviously, you know, you sit down with the app and you are counting, you're taking a bite and you touch it. And hopefully you read what Sam's telling you because it's normally very funny. Well, of course, immediately you know it's slowing you down. It's telling you about chewing. Um, it's telling you to put your utensil down. It's telling you all the things that you have experienced when you buy this program. The, the entire book is about 88 pages. There are uh, 11 videos, I think. Um, there are lots of photographs that are really interesting and funny. And then there's a glossary about hormones and even nutrients and all that. So it's extremely useful. Then there are the 12 steps. And I mean, I don't recommend anyone do one step a day. That would be the wrong thing. It, and maybe now one step a week is not necessary, but somewhere in between you do a step and you do the practices and you integrate this into your mind, into your brain, into your brain, into your brain, and eventually it gets into your body. So when people tell me they want to track it, I keep saying your stomach should track for you. You need to get to the point where you have that sensation that you don't want to pick up the, the, spoon, the fork or the spoon or whatever right now. Now, remember so much of people's weight has nothing to do with what they eat at a meal as if having a kale salad is going to save you whereas french fries won't um, or even at that point how much it's we're talking about a lot of it is drinking and that's alcohol and um, 
kids, it may be soda, but um, then there's binging, right? And that's frequently unconscious, so people don't even know it. So it's not one thing or the other. And once someone tries to you know, eat healthy or be healthy or do all these things they're talking about, they're putting a lot of pressure on um, themselves, and that's unnecessary. Now, going to Scott Galloway, and for me this is very easy to imagine because I came from, I was born in 1941, I came from an environment where obviously there were no fat people. I mean, food was rationed here. We was during the war, and, um, and nobody would accept anyone who was like that. So when I think about going back to where the majority of people have not supersized, right, and that's what will happen, it really is different. Not, not only the economic impact on what industries will be um, impacted in terms of sales, sales lost, I guess we're thinking about, maybe Krispy Kreme, but of course it's always been the position of 80 Bites, the political position that um, we're producing too much food, which obviously has global warming and implications, and we're shipping too much, and we're wasting too much, and on and on and on. And of course, we're consuming too much, which brings to this whole thing about inflation. And you see the disconnect and how people can't think or they don't want to. I mean, obviously, Inflation when it comes to food, and we've heard now for four years that Americans can't put food on their table, and then the next minute 65% of the people are obese, not overweight, obese, more are overweight, so that's a huge number. I don't know whether it was uh, Galloway or someone else on, on a show recently said 70%, but of course that 70% is overweight and obese, and they want to pretend that there's as many overweight as obese. But again, this will all fade away because nobody's going to be using this BMI and weighing is irrelevant. It's waistline circumference and you know, 35 means obese for a woman and they're trying to make 40 for a man. But why should men get an advantage? They don't have children. So um, at any rate, it, it, yes, this big thinker, well-known guy on Bill Maher and other journalists are looking a little bit ahead. I mean, certainly the airlines are already pocketing the savings, which is good in terms of global warming. But then you get down to the person who lost this weight and wants to continue and be better and obsessive about everything. And that's really what this is about. That is so, so unfortunate and has to be discouraged. Now, I remember saying early on, and, and maybe someone uh, understood what I'm saying, is that when it comes to exercise, this um, aspect of doing it all right doesn't seem to apply. Most people in the exercise business think, oh, as long as someone is out there moving and you know having fun or whatever, it's okay. And of course, more Pilates than any of them, but maybe Iyengar Yoga too, not the other ones, is, you know, why do something wrong? If you cannot do a specific movement, then you have to eliminate it and do another one. And I was recently with one of the very best personal trainers, who happens to be Jill Johnson, 
who works for us, and um, she was giving me a very complicated cueing on something. We were using a machine in the gym in my building in a way that it wasn't designed for, right? And I got it right finally. And then when I was finished, I said to her, well, what if I couldn't integrate those cues into my brain and then my body? She said, well, then we would do another exercise. There's no point doing an exercise if you're not doing it right. Now, if you talk about particularly yoga and vinyasa, and yoga requires so much flexibility and balance and proprioception, all kinds of things, right, that people don't naturally have. And of course, the point of view is you just get better. You, just, you do your practice, you just get better and you get better. Well, it's not true. It's just not true. You don't get better. You might get frustrated and forget about it, or you might get injured, but you're not going to get better by just flowing through an exercise that maybe your body is not designed to do. Now, they're adding some modifications. You know, if they give you some sort of huge squat where you're supposed to have your ass on the floor, uh, they'll say, we'll sit on a yoga block, but that's not really dealing with what's happening in your knees and your hips and many other things. So, um, it's interesting how we go from one to the other. Now, why is exercise forgiven overall? I'm not talking Pilates or um, maybe some other things. Uh, it's because you're burning calories. That's it. Because that's how exercise has been sold. It's a calorie burner. It's a calorie burner. And, you know, when these in the big picture, when these weight loss drugs are out there and we really have a better understanding of how the brain works with the stomach and the hormones, that's gonna fade away too. People are gonna look at those counts on the treadmill and you know realize, don't pay any attention. Just do not pay any attention. So um, Meredith Luce, my friend who helped, of course, me in many ways, but she was, really the co-creator, more than that, of 80 Bytes and before that Diet Directives, used to make a joke because she was also trained um, as a, an aerobic instructor that on the machines they should just dispense, you know, a candy bar, whatever the hell you wanted, what you craved, right? Because you people were looking at it as, oh, I've just torched these calories, now I can eat this. And of course, any exercise program whether it's the great Weight Watchers or Noom or Keto or anything that tells you that you can eat more if you do A and B and then exercise, you should walk away from because that's 1,000% wrong. You do not want to eat more because uh, you've moved more because that is not the way it works and we're beginning to find that out. So that's about it. I mean, of course, I love to hear from people, successful 80 biters who, um, you know, lose weight quickly. But on the other hand, I prefer really to think that we're changing the brain, you know, getting people to drop these obsessions and this many about good food and bad food and you know because that's really what leads to binging eating stuff that you don't want to eat because it's good for you now this is a funny article i just read this 
um, because I, as you know, I, I mentioned I have an, uh, an, a Google alert for Munjaro and Ozempic. Anyway, so now the New York Post did some article, just typical, of how you can mimic these drugs by eating certain foods. Here we go, go back to eat this, don't eat that. And of course, they were coming up with some very high fiber foods, particularly like rye bread, which I happen to adore. And if you've ever been to Finland and had the kind of rye bread they have there and with the fabulous butter, you know, it's delicious, but it's not delicious for most people. It is not a taste that most people like, right? Um, and of course, I found out a lot about taste having chemotherapy, which has ruined my palate, hoping it's coming back. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is telling people now, oh, you're gonna get this effect by eating these fiber foods, right? And then people going out and buying them and trying to eat them when in fact they may not like them and uh, you know they, they are just pushing themselves to do something and then, of course, later on, they stop doing it, not too long after they stop doing it, and then they eat what they want. And maybe that's potato chips, but they don't eat just some chips with their tuna salad. They have, you know, a bag. So um, that's, the, that's the drill, and we, that's what we have to get away with. And, of course, it's, it's not to, to, to get rid of it because, you know, this thing with uh, this actor, Matthew Perry, everybody knows now that they've uncovered with these drugs this addiction issue. So complicated. And they're starting to see it, but, you know, they need to work on it more. But wouldn't that be great if people who have something in their brain that is beyond their control can be adjusted so these compulsions and addictions just are quieted and so this is it's really a great future when it comes to things that we've done lots of money has been made but most of the bodies have been ruined okay talk to you again soon